0: Welcome back to The Swirl Suite, everybody. This week, we're gonna get really wine nerdy on you. So our special guest is Allison Salute, and she has a project called The Cab Front Chronicles. Now, Allison, her love for food and wine started very young, about 15 years old, when she did an immersion trip in France. Her wine career spans 15 years, both in Canada and US, in a variety of roles in sales, marketing, public relations, social media, distribution, and management. Now, what's interesting about Allison is she explores one grape on her Instagram page. One grape, that's all, y'all. But she explores and analyzes the terroirs and expressions of this one grape, Cabernet Franc, from all over the world. So sit tight and let's get wine nerdy. Enjoy the episode. Cheers. Cheers. Welcome to the Swell Suite, everybody. It's me and Glennis today. Hey, girl, how are you? Hey, girl. Hey, I'm fine. I'm fine. Just trying
1: to stay cool here in the. Um, I'm telling you, Mid Atlantic.
0: Yeah. Man, yeah. did you know that today was Cabernet Day? Cabernet by Sauvignon.
1: Sauvignon. Oh, the Sauvignon. Yeah, it's was, international,
0: like, oh, international no. Cabernet Sauvignon Day. Nice, yum!
1: One of my favorite
0: varietals. Yeah, so I drank the cabernet that we just got um in yeah in the mail. Oh, did you? How was it's, it? How was it's it? it's very good. I have it's a big one, it's a big cab. So um I have half a bottle left, but it's yeah, it's wonderful. Oh it's wow. Really I
1: you know it was just a little too hot outside. So yeah, I I'm finishing up uh a Kermont de Lamou. uh uh-huh. you No, know, one of my faves. Um, so I'm finishing this up. I'm sad to see that this is the last. <laughs> it's a corner. <laughs> so I Just sip it like, real slow. I know. I took a picture of the bottle. I was like, oh, I got to go find some more of this. It was actually very good. Very, very, very good. But I do have more commots in the house. But I will have to. You're going to force me to open up the Cabernet Sauvignon since it's Cabernet Sauvignon Day. And, you know, that's yeah. like one of my favorite grapes. So,
0: yeah, I'll yeah. have to try that. How was your weekend? Did you do anything fun?
1: What? This past weekend? No, not really. I didn't do anything at all um, because the week before I was in Cleveland. So I'm Uh trying to stay close to home, doing some stuff around the house and getting ready to travel um, the mid part of September up to Jersey for the Howard Morehouse game.
0: This weekend, I went to Bami's, finally. Bami's has been on my list for a while now. It's a Caribbean spot um, at the Navy oh. Yard. Really? Yeah. So it's right on the water. Um, oh. It's a it's a small restaurant. It's not very big, but they do have outdoor seating. Oh, and nice. um, it, even though it was warm on Sunday, the weather was really breezy because we were so close to the water. But um, I, I had a ball. I, um, it, it seemed very authentic. I've only been, I've only been to Jamaica once, but, um, the girl I was with, she had a lot of experience in Jamaica. She was like, oh, they got all of the original stuff. So it was my first time having, it was my first time having bammy, which is almost like Uh yucca. Um, yeah. And it was in a little triangle. And so our waiter showed me how to eat it. So there was, um, there was pepper shrimp, and then there was like a pe- sweet pepper sauce. So you put that on the Bami and you eat it together. And then um, then they also had, um, what else did I have? I had Kung fritters. Mm. Um, there was, uh, the jerk was good. The jerk was pretty good. It's pretty mild. It's not spicy. Um, what am I missing? I had something else that was really did awesome. Did you have
1: a red stripe? Or did they well, You know, I
0: don't drink beer, but they had oh. like, they had like cocktails and stuff there and they have rum punch. Um, oh. There was, I had a guava daiquiri that was frozen. It was fantastic. It was really good. Um, nice. of all, I had a ball. I'll definitely so I, be back. So I take it Alan wasn't with you because he would have probably had a fridge. No, he was not with me. Oh, and there was cocoa bread.
1: Okay. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was good. Oh, I had something called a festival and it's almost like cornbread. It wasn't a strip, but it, it tastes like cornbread. It was so good. Anyway, yeah, it was good. It was great. And one of the sommeliers, one of the black sommeliers here, Nadine, I forgot her last name. Anyway, she just had a pairing, a pairing with Bammy. So it was the Caribbean food and her wine pairing. It was a very big deal. It sold out very quick. And I think it happened like two weeks ago.
1: So, oh,
2: wow.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, that would be interesting to hit, see
0: um, what wine right. she cleared. Yeah. With- with their um food yeah absolutely absolutely so it was a good time so y'all got to check out bammies yeah i think you would like it glennis
1: of course okay so yeah. on the list b-a-m-i-s, yep. B-A-M-I-S.
0: i think oh, it's I'm b-a-m-m-y apostrophe yes oh, bammies. bammies yeah oh,
1: okay bammies
0: yeah
1: okay. we'll check it out because one of my good friends were like oh we need to find a caribbean restaurant to to," go <laughs> and that that would work out because that would be halfway between my house and her house so that, that'll work out
0: Yeah. Very nice. So we have a special guest today. And this is super awesome because it is Cabernet Day. And Cab Franc is known to be either the mama or the papa of Cabernet Sauvignon. We have Allison of Cab Franc Chronicles.
3: Hi girl, how are you? Hey, I'm great. How are you? Yay, Yay. Alice I didn't even realize it was Cabernet. Day. Is that is that bad that I uh, that I was <laughs> I mean the boat on that
0: one? <laughs> it's too many wine holidays. No, not at all. Exactly. There are too many to be honest. But
1: yeah. Don't yeah. feel bad. I missed it too. I'm I'm looking on here like, okay, what happened to my notifications?
3: Well, Cabernet Frank Day is December fourth, and that, that day is I've good got, to know. like cemented in my brain, uh-huh. so I know when that day is, and that's all that matters. December- I world. need to
0: write that down because I don't think that's on my calendar.
3: Okay, we're hanging up now. We'll call you back on December. 4th. <laughs> <laughs> So, Allison, um, please introduce yourself to everybody. Sure, absolutely. Um, my name is Allison Sloot. I'm a wine professional. Uh, I'm based in, well, just north of Toronto, Toronto, Ontario. Uh, I've been in the wine business now for 15 years, mostly a good chunk of that here in Canada. Uh, I did live in the U.S. I lived in Miami for six years and worked in in a couple different aspects of wine there for a while. And. Now I'm back in Canada and uh I work full time for a boutique wine importer here and then I have a teeny tiny little <laughs> little project that I do on the side which is my uh my capfront chronicles um, effort i guess
0: <laughs> so that's how we met you we met you yes. in New York was that last
3: year or it was yeah it was last july the wow, finger lakes isn't that crazy? uh the finger lakes um whatever that was i'm now i'm blanking Raisling yeah, conference yeah. yes exactly yeah. exactly but we were we're on there. that fantastic panel with yeah. uh with shitty wine memes and yeah <laughs> oh uh, you guys were Bill so good and yeah it was awesome so tell us
0: like how you got into wine and then how you found your love for Cab Franc
3: oh um th- that's a long story uh the the Really, it came down to when I started my career, my first job in the wine business was uh, I worked as export manager for a Canadian winery here in Ontario in the Niagara Peninsula. I know there isn't too much Canadian wine that makes it south of the border, unfortunately, but uh, I was working for a Canadian winery. And, um, you know, we focused on mainly ice wine because that's what Canada is known for. And um, when I was doing the export gig, I was export manager for this winery for eight years. I was traveling all over the world talking about ice wine, and we were exporting to 30 some odd countries globally. And so ice wine was always part of the conversation. But every market that we we exported to, we always sold white and red as well, just in, you know for wine dinners and all kinds of other things. And our flagship red was a Cabernet Franc and I just got very used to talking about Cabernet Franc. Cabernet Franc is the number one planted red grape in the province of Ontario. And so I was trying different Cabernet Francs from, from here. I was talking about it everywhere else. And then I moved to the US and all of a sudden I was in a free market because in Ontario, it's kind of like Pennsylvania a little bit where it, there's a, like a liquor control board that controls all the, all the stuff. Um, But I moved to the US and then all of a sudden I had access to so much Cabernet Franc that my brain kind of exploded. And that's what just it just was literally like a snowball effect after that. I just kept trying more buying from all over the place and shipping them to Miami. And then it was just yeah. So that was kind of the impetus of it was it was really I just started like it was kind of the grape that I gravitated to because there's just so much of it here locally. And then it just exploded from from there
0: (laughs) yeah cat well i can't speak for um a a lot of other places but maryland virginia they grow cab franc extremely well i don't know if you've had our cab francs before
3: I have not. Uh, I wow. had my first oh, yeah. Long Island Cabernet Franc just just recently. So um, hopefully I can explore a little bit more of those. I do have some early mountain Cabernet Franc oh, here nice. yeah, in Virginia, Virginia, which I'm going to be tasting uh, soon, hopefully. But uh, yeah, there's, it's, it's just for that whole eastern seaboard of the U.S., like New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Long Island, New York, Virginia, like some it's perfect conditions for Cabernet Franc.
1: It'll be interesting to um read your thoughts on the Cap Francs um, from this area. Um, for me, I don't I hate to be the Debbie Downer or the Glennis Downer, but the Cap Francs initially, years ago, that I used to taste here were horrific. Um, they were very green. I mean, it it was just, oh. So when I heard you on the panel talking about Cap Franc. I had a newfound love for Cab Franc because I had some great Cab Francs in, um, New York before, Mm -hmm. um, when we were up there for the, um, wine bloggers conference and we were in the Finger Lakes as well. And, um, I was like, this is Cab Franc because I hadn't had it made so well. I've had it in like a Bordeaux, um, big bowl, you know, French style, um, blended grape, but Mm -hmm. not a standalone. So it would be I I can't wait to read and hear about.
3: Yeah, it's a it's a difficult grape to grow. A a lot of people kind of Don't kind of don't understand. It's kind of finicky. People call say Pinot is finicky. Cabernet Franc is also very finicky. It is very uh, site sensitive as well. And if you don't get the if you don't get the balance right, like that's when you can get all that green, weedy garbage that that you just don't want in your Cabernet Franc. So it it takes a lot of skill to to grow it well and then make it into the right style of wine so it's it's not like pu- plug and play like Merlot Merlot is a little bit more forgiving Cabernet Franc is a little bit finicky
1: so it's like okay this is how I want to be treated it's just like a grand up. exactly I want to be exactly. treated like this you will dress me like this or I will tell on you okay.
3: exactly <laughs>
0: okay. exactly, okay. exactly. Okay. <laughs> And so um I don't know if you know this, but what, are, what exactly does a Cabernet grape need um, that's different from other grapes?
3: Well, Cabernet Franc as is a, is a grape variety, it, one thing that it's really particular about is vine balance. And we always say that about all vines, but um, the, the whole vine balance between the canopy as well as the fruit is the really critical piece of the puzzle. Sunshine is another big thing. When we talk about those green notes, those methoxypyrazines, that's the big technical term for them. Um, The big thing that contributes to minimizing those pyrazines is sunshine. Everybody thinks that, oh, you need heat to get rid of those green notes, but actually, sunshine is a little bit more critical right in the last stage of ripening. So, sunshine is a big thing. And also, the other thing with Cabernet Franc is that. Cabernet Franc needs water. Like it's not, it doesn't like drought. It doesn't like to be drought stressed. So it likes generally deeper soils and access to moisture regularly throughout the growing season. Whereas Cabernet Sauvignon as as an example, Cabernet Sauvignon prefers drier conditions, which is why uh, in Bordeaux on the left bank, it likes those gravelly soils because they're more shallow, the warmer soils, whereas Cabernet Franc tends to prefer for soils that have a bit more water content in them and more coolness, I guess, if you will.
0: I read that Cab Franc, like the actual plant, it produces really big leaves. Is that true?
3: It's very, uh, yeah, very vigorous. So, yeah, like it, it, it can definitely on more fertile soils, it can get out of control, which is why, again, mm-hmm. site selection is, is really critical. Because if you've got really fertile soils, then that will make the vine all out of balance. And then you're, you're going to end up with a weedy, weedy green <laughs> Cabernet Franc. And nobody <laughs> wants that.
0: <laughs> so, what do you find special about Cab Franc
3: versus all the other wines that you've tried? You know, it's um, th- there's a lot of elements to it, but uh, it's kind of a Cinderella grape, in in my opinion. And and Leah Leah Jorgensen, who's a wonderful winemaker out in Oregon, she just did a dinner recently, actually in D.C. that I flew in for, and uh, she calls it the Cinderella grape. So it's kind of the grape that everybody forgets about, but it's also the grape that is so important, like all over the world. Um, but for me, it's it's what got me excited to start this this project was to talk about Cabernet Franc as a single varietal wine, because we see it often in blends, but it can stand alone. Like it's the star red grape in the Loire Valley, and it makes amazing single varietal reds there. And I think the grape has finesse, it has elegance, it has all these great savory herbal undertones. So it's interesting at the same time. It's got great acidity. It's not as tannic as Cabernet Sauvignon. It can kind of be on the riper side and you can kind of incorporate it with a little bit of wood, but it also works unoaked as well. And then of course it's super versatile because you can make rosé out of it. You can do sparkling, you can do ice wine in Ontario. So it was really the combination of like, I love the flavor profile and the, the complexity that the grape has, but also finesse. But also the versatility of the grape variety as well i found this article that lists um all of the regions that uh
0: cab franc grows in now i just lost it hold on one second <laughs> it was just a, a simple wine folly um article but they listed but that's all the of thing, them right
3: ba- basically thanks to bordeaux any wine region that is especially in the new world, you know, that's yeah. growing Bordeaux varieties, Cabernet Franc is going to be planted there alongside Cabernet yeah. Sauvignon Merlot. And, yeah. and even anywhere else in, in Europe where they're, you know, Bulgari and Tuscany and other parts yeah. of anywhere there, where there's international varieties planted. Usually Cabernet Franc is, is there, which is. Yeah. And
0: cool. Canada is on here. I've never had a Canadian wine.
3: Well, we're gonna have to fix that next time I come I know. to DC. Oh, I'm gonna yeah. we're gonna fix this. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Um, oh wow, Siri, I didn't know you. you I know, you I know never had. Um, and we know we we know some some wine folks from Canada, but exactly. I've never had their wine. Yeah, their wine is
1: delicious. Oh my god,
0: yeah, Denmark Creek is
1: my favorite. Oh yeah, nice. Sandra Oldfield, yeah. She's that's fabulous. A, she's, oh, she's yeah.
3: like, she was, well, I, I don't know what she's doing now, but she was the Cabernet Franc Queen of British Columbia for the longest exactly. time.
1: Exactly.
3: exactly. She's a star. Yeah. She's awesome. I've had,
1: I've had her Cab Franc and um, most of her wines and they're delicious.
3: Oh, that's super. I'm so glad that you've had her wines. That's amazing. Sandra's, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, Sandra's fantastic. Yes, yes. Um, One of my friends, he just posted um, a question.
0: um, Where do you prefer your Cab Francs from? And he said, France or Italy. And then I realized, oh, wow, I haven't even had a Cab Franc from Italy before. All of my Cab Francs have been local. I mean, i worked at a Maryland winery for years and we met Cab Franc. But um, and I've had New York, of course, and France and blends and, you know, different versions. But I don't think I've had many Cab Francs. They're they're honestly hard to find. Mm -hmm. Um, single, variety. single, single varietal ones yeah. are hard to find.
3: It is, it is hard to find them. Um, but Italy is so worth look like if you can mm-hmm. kind of seek them out because there's some great Cabernet Francs coming out of Friuli from the Northeast, like Friuli and Veneto, sure. obviously Tuscany, we know, and there's like tons of interesting appellations in Tuscany. Um, the other one that I was reading about today, I'm working on a video for, um, is Hungary as well. Mm-hmm. And it's a really important grape variety in Hungary, which a lot of people don't, don't realize, but again, these are actually, there's, um, I'll have to send you the link. There's a fantastic uh, website. And I think the I think the company is actually based out of somewhere on the eastern seaboard there um, called Taste Hungary. And they actually have a whole online shop with different Hungarian wines. And they have a mm-hmm. few examples of uh, Cabernet Franc from Hungary on their website right now, which is super cool.
0: Oh, very nice.
3: And that very makes nice. sense.
0: Because
1: um, <clears throat> you when you said that it likes a lot of sun and not necessarily a lot of heat. So drawing in areas like Hungary and the northern yep. part of Italy makes a lot of sense.
3: Yeah, that, totally. That, that but we'll the interesting th- thing, though, is, is that Cabernet Franc seems to, and this is kind of a, you know, it's a bit of a, a nerdy factoid, but we're seeing with climate change that Cabernet Franc seems to be adapting much better to warming temperatures than oh, say Merlot and actually I was uh, communicating with a region in, in Italy the other day and they've actually uh, in, in parts of Tuscany Cabernet Franc plantings have actually increased over the mm. last few years and Merlot plantings have gone down because Merlot isn't handling the heat in the same way that that Cabernet Franc is which is kind of interesting. Well, interesting. So.
0: Oh, poor Merlot. I mean, we just can't <laughs> win with Merlot. Man. <laughs> Somebody got to figure Merlot out. Please. Just, I mean, it is a Bordeaux grape. It's important for blending. Just, It's just man, getting the shout. It just
3: keeps getting the short end of the, the stick here. It's terrible.
0: <laughs> oh, man. That's crazy.
3: Um, speaking of blending, um, why do you think that Cab Franc is such a great blending grape? That's a great question. I think it, it especially in a Bordeaux blend, but even in other blends, I think it, number one, it has great acid. So it has really high acidity and yet the tannins are not, are not super aggressive. So in a Bordeaux blend, you have, you know, the muscle and, and the alcohol that is Cabernet Sauvignon and the tannin. And then you have Merlot, which gives you the flesh. And then Cabernet Franc gives you this little, a little bit of je ne sais quoi in, in the Bordeaux blend, you know, it gives you florals. It gives you like other layers. It gives you acid. It gives you like a backbone. Um, and that's what I think is interesting about Cabernet Franc in blends. Another blend that Cabernet Franc does well with, or another grape I should say that Cabernet Franc does well with is Blau Frankish. Uh, and we're seeing hmm. that a bit in the Finger Lakes where they're using Lemberger or Blaufränkisch, Frankish and they'll, they'll blend it a little bit with Cabernet Franc and, um, Blau Frankish can kind of do the same thing as Cabernet Sauvignon, where it's a bit more tannic and structured. And then, and then, kind of, Cabernet Franc can soften some of those those hard edges a little bit.
0: That's interesting because um, I read an article uh, on the Jancis Robinson website, and she said that, you know, Cab Franc is more of the mama bear of um, Cabernet Sauvignon because, you know, Cabernet Sauvignon and uh, Sauvignon Blanc you know, together make mm-hmm. um, Cabernet Sauvignon, but um, I'm, I'm sorry, did I say it right? Wait, Cab, Cab Franc Blanc. and Sauvignon Blanc make Cabernet Sauvignon, but she says there's something, there's a light elegance and there's a sensuality mm-hmm. that, that Cab Franc brings to blends. Oh yeah,
3: no. And sensuality is a fabulous word for it because when it's, when somebody gets the grape and understands how to coax out all that nuance it's a very sexy grape in my opinion I know I'm very biased but it (laughs) it does it has it has perfume it has all it has florals it has all this kind of like uh, you know these herbal kind of intriguing smells of like cedar and and herbs and things like this that that you don't often get in wine and then a lot of grapes for me are kind of one-dimensional like they've you know, they're just a little boring. Whereas Cab Franc Mm -hmm. always seems to deliver something like absolutely exciting in my head, at least.
2: (laughs) Leslie, you made it. Hey, Hey, Leslie. Hello. Hello. It's good to see you again, Allison. Yeah, lovely to
0: see you too. So Leslie, I have a question for you. We were just sitting here talking about Cab Franc. Um, Mm -hmm. What can you tell Allison about the Cab Francs in Maryland? Because she's never had one.
2: Oh, Allison.
3: I know I'm sorry. <laughs> um,
2: I think they are delightful. I think they have an elegant peppery mm-hmm. flavor to them. Nice. That I I enjoy more than the cab solve that's grown here. It's um you can I mean you can grow a good cab solve here, but not I think the Cap Franc does so much better. And it's, um, it has always been like this blending grape that Mm -hmm. um, winemakers have used here and they started using it as a single varietal and it's just shined so brightly.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sure. So is it, I would think, is Maryland then a little bit cooler than Virginia from a climactic standpoint or, cause the, the two, forgive my ignorance. Um, I don't know the Maryland growing region very well, unfortunately.
2: Well, the thing about Maryland is that there's so many different microclimates oh, and okay. Maryland that it depends on where you are. Like, um, the middle, the middle part of Maryland, the, um, the, well, like Midwestern part of Maryland, that's the prime growing area okay. for Cap Franc near the Catoctin and Ligonore AVA. Cool. that's where Yeah, you I should say, actually, Alaska. I
3: did have one, um, Maryland. I, I forgot that I did have one. It was from the folks, The what, what is it called? West, Westminster? Well, West, oh, Westminster. Westminster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, them. They did a, when I was in Miami, there was one one moment where I was at a pizza joint and they had a Franck fizz from mm-hmm. old Westminster and it was super tasty. And I love, yeah. I, I think Cabernet Franc makes a really cool red sparkling. And so it was super interesting to, to try that for sure.
2: So I have this, um, I don't know if you can see it. I'm always bad with this. Is that Thanksgiving this is, farms? This is Thanksgiving farms. Yeah. And they're the in Harwood Maryland, so that's like southern, almost mm. the top of the southern part of the state. And um, it's a Meritage, okay. and it has 47% Merlot, Petit Verdot 27%, and 26% Cab Franc. Very nice. And it was recently, it received 87 points from um, Robert Parker.
3: That So too bad.
2: Yeah. So in the, in the, you can taste the Cab Franc in it. Like it's a good percentage. Like it gives it a a lot of structure Mm -hmm. to um, something that's kind of mellow.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I could totally see how it would complement and contrast the, the Merlot and the Petit Verdot for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It would provide a nice backbone because the other two grapes are a bit more fleshy and kind of bold and it would probably kind of reel those two grapes in a little bit, I think very
0: nice nice. i'm actually drinking a blend because i couldn't find a single varietal uh cab franc um but it's from saint emilion oh nice! Uh, it's your basic uh, and i got this from trader joe's actually it's very nice it's uh 63 percent merlot 28 percent cab franc um seven percent cabernet and two percent malbec nice so it's nice um oh so let's talk about cab franc like foods and pairings. Um, I read a lot, a lot of people have a hard time pairing Cab Franc because of its high acidity, mm. but to me that makes a great wine oh to pair gosh. with food. So I don't understand, but what are your, some some of your
3: favorite pairings with Cab Franc? Well, I drink a lot of Cabernet Franc, <laughs> like <laughs> a lot. And that's, uh, that's another reason why I think the grape is so fantastic is because of its acid, because of its savory profiles, like, and not too intense tannins like there's tannin there but it's not too powerful it can go with just about anything like to me it's like the perfect and really if you if you look to to france and and paris the if if you're in paris the vast majority of bistros in paris if you ask for their house wine i guarantee you it'll probably be a cabernet franc from the loire valley because it's just it will go with the roast chicken it will go with the vegetable dishes it'll go with uh, you know if you're having a steak it'll go with pastas with tomato sauce because again good acid um goes well with shoot even even a lighter bodied cabernet Franc. you put a little chill on it it would work so well with like a seared tuna or like a you know a more robust fish uh-huh. so in my opinion i think it's a fantastic um you know it goes oh mushrooms mushrooms another thing it goes fabulous with mushroom dishes <laughs> <laughs> it's like no, there's so many times where I literally like I'll make something for myself and unless it's like something obviously, you know, seafood focused where I should be having white. Most of the time it's like, yeah, there's a Cabernet Franc for that. I've got something on my shelf that that'll totally work with that dish. That's,
2: do you have a, a favorite region? I don't know. has already asked you. Uh,
3: no, I know. Mean, well, do I have a favorite region? Um, I think this, the, when I launched the, the Cabernet Franc Chronicles thing, uh, I dove really deep into the Loire and, and that's kind of where my heart is for the most part. And, uh, I was in the Loire back in May and that just kind of, that just cemented it even more. So, and I think there's a lot to discover there. We kind of, I think we kind of generalized that Cabernet Franc from the Loire is one thing, but there's a lot of different, um, sides to that, that coin. And I think there's a lot of room for discovery and the wines are fantastic value. Like I remember living in Miami and you could buy like a great Cabernet Franc at, you know, on the Whole Foods or like a good wine shop and be like 12, 15 bucks. Like it wasn't going to cost you an arm and a leg. So I think it's the Loire, of course, is is a region that I'm quite partial to. Um, and obviously, I get access to a lot of local Cabernet Francs in Ontario. So that's probably my second favorite region. Um, but there, there is just so much cool stuff happening out there. South Africa is another fabulous region. I hope I can get there at some point. But there's some really cool, cool things happening with Cabernet Franc in South Africa. So there's, they're all my babies in a way. So it's hard for me to choose.
0: I'm surprised you're not growing Cab Franc and just making your own.
3: Exactly. (laughs) That might come down the line. We'll see. Baby steps, baby steps. (laughs) I met with one of the winemakers who's a mentor for me um, just last week and I kind of nudged him. I said, "Uh, you know, at some point I'm going to need like a tongue of fruit and we're going to have to do like a little experiment. He's like, yeah, yeah, I got you. No problem. (laughs) It'll happen eventually. I love that. Um, So really quick before
0: we uh, play our fun game, can you tell everybody what the Cab Front Chronicles are? Like what exactly you do? Uh,
3: it, uh, well, I had been thinking about this for quite a long time. It's basically right now I have my Instagram, um, but the, it's a much bigger project than that. I'm working on a book and there's like a whole a website and there's like a whole host of things. But for now it's my Instagram and I post uh, weekly tasting videos that are rather nerdy. I will, I will admit, they are they are kind of deep dives into different regions and different wines. But um, I try to tell people as well that there's the sort of videos that I structure them very similarly every time, so it's easy to to kind of skip through parts if you're not interested in this and. S- you know, if you just want to hear the tasting notes, you skip to the end of the video and you'll hear me do my tasting ramble. But for the time being, the research that I do on the variety, I showcase through these tasting videos and then other posts as well. Um, and then I have a weekly quiz, a wine quiz that I do on, uh, on Cabernet Franc on all things Cabernet Franc on Instagram. So that's basically what it, what the, the project is at the moment, at least. And I launched it, uh, in, I guess it was December, 2000 and 2020, I officially kind of launched it. Um, the pandemic kind of pushed me finally to, to, you know, it's either now or never I was, uh, I was doing a quarantine here in Ontario and I was like, okay, let's do this. And video just seemed to happen. I don't, I don't know why it happened, but video happened instead of writing. So I do videos, (laughs) And how long are they? They, well, they've gone progressively longer over the course of this effort. They started off like three minutes and now I'm probably averaging more like 13 minutes, um, but they're not, they're not very long in the grand scheme of things. You know, 15, 13 minutes is <laughs> drop in the bucket, um, especially considering i I ram a lot of really nerdy information in 13 or 10 or 15 minutes. So um, but generally speaking, I, I don't think I've gone over 15 minutes yet. So
0: I love it. Um, any more questions for Allison before we play our closeout game? All right, great. Here we go. So we have a fun back to school game. Um most of the kids in, in our area are back to school this week. So I thought this would be fun. And um, there are just a bunch of random questions about you as a kid. Love it. Here we go. Uh oh. What did you <laughs> <laughs> what did you eat for breakfast as a kid? Frosted flakes. Ah, that's a good one. <laughs> I love frosted flakes. Oh my god. Oh, oh
3: Lord. I-, I was a cereal person too. Um probably honey nut Cheerios was probably my go to. Ah. Okay.
2: I'm trying to remember, um, I know my dad cooked breakfast for my brother and I every morning. Oh, my goodness, girl. Along
0: with the golf
2: cart. Here Man. we go. Lucky lady. Here we go. He, he, you, we, we, I don't know if we know you for real. <laughs> he, my dad used to, my dad used to cook breakfast for us every morning until I started going to, because my, you know, my mom as a retired teacher until I started going to school with her in fourth grade. And no, I think he still like, he still got up and, and he fixed breakfast for us. So <laughs> it was either, it was always something hot. He always fixed us something hot. Wow. Like we could have had like biscuits or biscuits, um, oatmeal or he, they he, he liked to get cream of wheat. And I was like, uh-uh, I don't like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, he always fixed us. My brother and I breakfast in the morning.
1: Well, here's to dad.
0: Okay. Wow. Cheers. Cheers to dad. <laughs> um, me, I was an Eggo waffle girl. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Eggo waffles. That uh, Yeah, I could have that by itself. As I got older and I didn't want to like, I woke up late and didn't have much time. Just like one of those um, yo plate yogurts
3: mm-hmm. and
0: granola bar, that kind of thing.
3: When I got, when I, I remember when I hit sort of my, you know, preteen, teen years, Pillsbury Toaster Strudel. Was Absolutely. like a special treat Oh yeah, for breakfast. That
1: Indeed. is funny. You know, I, I, was, I was sitting here talking. I'm sitting here laughing because, you know, Monday through Friday when you went to school, it was Frosted Flakes because I had to get up because I tried to stay asleep as long as I could. My mom's like, "Up! Oh, that's what you're going to get. Just get the Frosted Flakes. Yeah. But on the weekend when I was a little girl, I used to pull up my little stool to the stove and make toast and Sanko coffee because I love the combination.
2: Huh. That is like, funny. Yeah. That's so Those, funny. The Sanko was
1: so good. I remember the little ugly cups my mother had. They were these little brown cups. And I would sit there by myself because she would be asleep because it'd be the weekend. I was like, okay, I'm going to have my toast. I'm going to burn down the damn house. She known. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was the weekend love it that's so cute and i could see you doing that i definitely could too (laughs) okay what was your favorite
3: subject in school and you can pick any point of your schooling
1: why was science all week
3: that's a tough that's a tough one probably a combination of either it was probably french and because i was decent at it and then geography i love geography i love maps so (laughs) those were sort of probably the two okay Nice. Like you were born to be in wine then. I exactly. think so. yes. Yeah.
2: yes, that was a prerequisite. I would say history. I love
0: history. Mm. Um, for me, I was always good at, um when I got to high school, I started to take humanities sort mm-hmm. so that was that was like my sweet spot. Um, I liked reading books and like writing about my interpretation of the book and articles and that that kind of thing. So that was, yeah, that was my subject.
2: Now, okay, so this is, this, this is clearly the age divide question. <laughs> when <laughs> you were in school, did you take typing? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Look at Allison. Oh, no, Allison. No.
0: Yep.
1: I got in trouble <laughs> in my typing class. That was, I was, uh, I was <laughs> I made that teacher so damn mad. She could have. What did you do? Mad. Because the type, I was in the Catholic school for high school from ninth and 10th grade. And that typing class was freezing. So I was typing with my gloves on. And she was uh-huh. like, You're going to take them gloves. I said, No, Matt, turn on the heat. <laughs> I was just like, You're going to take them gloves. I was like, It is cold in here. And I'm still getting this. I was typing with my gloves on. And she was like, who we went? It was a battle of wills, and I kept my gloves on. I had to go to the
2: principal's office, and then they called my mother. I called the first. I said, oh, the gloves? That's so petty." Yep. Yeah, yeah, uh, that is definitely a control petty it, issue. It was uh-huh. because I didn't do what she said do. I was like, yeah. "But
1: I'm cold, and my fingers was freezing." And yeah, you are still getting my-
0: the work done. So what does it matter? Exactly. exactly. I called my mother.
1: First. I was like, Mana, give me a call you tell you that I got kicked <laughs> out of class, I had on gloves and type class. It's two degrees in their body.
2: <laughs> like, did you call her from the pay phone? Yep.
1: First. On my way to the principal's office.
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs> my man.
1: mother always said, let me find out from you before yes. I find out mm-hmm. from him." Oh my so, gosh. That would be Oh nice.
0: man. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. If you were to eat a cafeteria lunch today, what would it be?
1: school cafeteria
0: or mm-hmm, school yep. cafeteria nope school cafeteria lunch pizza all day pizza, pizza. Uh, our pizza sucked no i see well okay so i'm going to show my age here our pizza had like a like a, a cover like a plastic cover over it and you had to peel it <laughs> so it was not good pizza it was like s- school lunch pizza there's a taste and there's a feel of the crust and it's not good <laughs> so no pizza for me
1: <laughs> all of it was horrible it was pretty bad
2: it was yeah and you know okay Alabama so it might steak, the hamburgers yeah, and the pizza yeah I'm surprised we're alive <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you know my high school it does now so let me just clarify this it does now have cafeteria lunch but when I was in high school, we did not, we had a cafeteria, we had a kitchen, we did not have anybody who would prepare lunch. I don't
0: understand what you have to see,
2: right? I went to, and when I was in high school, we did not have cafeteria staff. We, you brought your lunch mm-hmm. and you can form your lunch up in the microwave.
0: So that or, was a privilege that y'all, like they assumed like all of y'all had y'all lunch and you
2: had, or you had oh, like food to oh, bring. You have food to bring, yes, or you could get food out of the vending, the Mackie vending machines, and they had a Mackie representative there. Oh my goodness! Who would, because the machines would jam, um, or they would take your money. And her name was Mrs. <laughs> Brown, and he was, she was married to the custodian. <laughs> they lived above <laughs> the school. I swear, I can't make this up. And you would say, Mrs. Brown, and. That's how you So then every once in a while, we would have like a, a special occasion or something like a fundraiser, what have you, where they would bring pizza in or, or like bring something like that. But when I was there, we did not have hot cafeteria lunches. Now they do at Seton, wow. but they did not when I was there. That's crazy. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's yeah. wild. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't
1: go, I didn't have, I didn't eat lunch in high school. I was like, skip that period. Let me get out early. Uh, I ate lunch from first, from kindergarten to eighth grade. And all I can remember was that nasty ass chocolate milk <laughs> with, all, with all that rest of that mess. <laughs> <laughs>
2: See, Michelle Obama was in first lady when, oh, when she like no. r- redid well, the school lunches. She's only four years older than me. Adult, I don't See? See, we need a Michelle then. We need a Michelle to Oh my gosh. Oh have my gosh. healthy lunches.
1: Oh,
2: okay. Okay.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, remember the hot dogs used to be great. I was like, I'm not eating that. Okay, next nah. question. Hey, no, on, I uh no no for me, um <laughs> in, in in high school, so my high school was um Way uptown, we were very close to everything. So we used to get Chinese food delivered, or oh, we used to get pizzas, uh, we used to order pizzas. I mean, y- you know, so we could we could order food out. Really? but um, for our high school, uh, I think we were like like a fundraiser, we had to deal with domino's So domino's would come to our school and sell pizza um every day. So wow. um, so I ate a lot of domino's pizza at the time, but other than that, it was fries. I would have fries and a Pepsi.
1: Wow. So, you would have poutine
3: yeah. sometimes, which, of there course, is. makes a really? lot of sense. Mm. Nice. I think it was standard. Like, every Canadian cafeteria, high school cafeteria probably serves poutine. It's just, mm. just, just the name that. of the game. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm.
0: How did you get to school? Did you walk, school bus, public transportation, or were you dropped off?
3: I, I rode on a school bus, and okay. it was like, oh, and my mother was the school bus driver. <laughs>
0: OK, <laughs> well, that was high school. My mom, my mom drove in school high bus, school. So. Wait, y'all had School, buses I was living in out school? in the country, so okay, got it. That okay. was that was
3: the only option. But yes, both both elementary school and high school, I had to take a bus in my high school. My mother was my bus driver, so I oh, was on from the beginning. Like it was the longest. Did she make you sit up front life. right behind her? <laughs> no, I did not sit behind her. <laughs>
1: Oh, we gotta have a podcast just about how you talk
0: to your little friends, male Thank friends on the school bus. There oh I man, know. I can't imagine being on school bus with my mom in high school.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's an after dark.
0: Um, oh man, you couldn't cut up at all. No. See what did I do? So from
1: uh, first grade through eighth grade, well. Because it was really close. I lived really close to um, PS 26. Then 9th through 12th, my aunt worked near my high school. So I would ride with her. She would drop me off at the Dunkin' Donuts because it was so early because it was out of my school district. But the superintendent lived across the street, so he allowed me to go there instead of Eastside. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I had special privileges so she'd drop me over to Dunkin' Donuts and then I would walk from the Dunkin' Donuts which was like three blocks so
2: I don't know how the hell I got home <laughs> I, I did everything part of elementary school I walked to because the school was in my parents neighborhood then I rode with my mom because I went to school with her and then um, I rode the bus and in the high school, they had the DeMatha-Seaton bus. So I got to ride with the boys. And um, and then, like, my my junior, senior year, I drove to school. Oh, that's right. That's how I drove.
0: It was junior, senior year. Yeah. Uh, um, city girl. transport, uh, Public transportation the entire way through. Um, I, at a certain point, I think I was maybe nine or 10 is when I started to catch the bus and the train by myself.
2: You know, I have to say, I'm always, I'm just all, but when them babies get on the, when I used to take the subway to work and them little babies would get on the subway. That's all we know. Yeah. I just, I'm just like, like, and you know, it's so funny too, because like you said, that's all, you know, what have you. I'm um, looking back, seeing, really young kids by themselves navigating the subway is just like, I'm like, oh. And you got these snatched. adults and you got these adults crying like, oh, I can't
1: take
2: the subway. I'm so scared. Mm-hmm. Get
1: over it. I might watch you get on a damn
2: subway. Is this, this still is free? New York subway. This is a difference. Exactly. <laughs> a difference. Is, this, is this still free to uh, PS school?
0: kids uh I don't know I'm not sure okay no clue all right final question uh what is this question oh um like (laughs) where could people find you after school like did you play a sport were you in a club did you have a part-time job or did
3: you just like hang out with your friends I was a nerd um and I and I played piano so I had piano lessons usually at least at least once a week and then I'd have to practice. I was not a sports person. I am I was not an athletic human as a young child. Um, I was the person that would get hit in the face with the balls, like you know, like volleyball or any of that stuff. So arts was my thing, piano, that was it. <laughs> Otherwise, I was doing homework. <laughs> yeah, wait on. Yes.
1: Yes. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So the question again, what do we do after school? So now my mother, my mother is also, uh, was also an elementary school teacher. So our schedules were exactly alike from first grade through eighth grade. So I would walk home and I would literally be home 20 minutes before she got there. And then she would, so I was like, she kid. So it was just hanging out after, you know, get my home had to do the homework first, which I tried to do while I was in school. I did most of my homework in school. So by the time I got home, I could scroll and play. So it was like, okay, what are we doing on the street? So we were playing kickball. That was my game. So most of the time I was playing kickball. Um after school in high school was I had part-time jobs. So my mother would pick me up and take me to the part-time job. So Mm, yeah, I didn't do anything in high school but study and get ready. Come to Howard. Shameless plug.
2: <laughs> I I think I know I was in clubs. I was in a lot of clubs in high school, and then I didn't I didn't do anything athletic um, because I would go to the boys' school and watch them practice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did cheerleading to you. <laughs> in the tapless. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I think I only worked on the weekends, but that was that was my after-school activities. Okay.
0: Oh, for me, um, yeah, like elementary school and like junior high school, I was always involved in something. If I wasn't like a flag girl, I was in a marching band, that kind of thing. And then high school. Um, So I was in the middle. I wasn't, I was an athlete, but I was not a great one. So um, I rode the bench in basketball for a year. Um, And I was like, oh, okay, this is well, uh, well, no, I didn't. I got cut. I got cut the next year. (laughs) With a lot of younger girls that could really play came along. And he was like, yeah, yeah, this is not going to work out. I cool. So that's when I started working um, part time. But I worked, uh, my high school job was aerosol shoes. Mm. Oh. So I worked at Union Station for, oh. yeah, for most high school at aerosols. That was my part-time job.
1: Oh, I had a lot of part-time jobs. <laughs> One each year. Oh, I can yeah. tell you some stories about that. One, when I worked in a clinic, That's an after dark um. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, I can oh, imagine. That kind of clinic. Ooh, got it. When I got okay. back to school, I was looking at some of them folk that I had mm, cuz I had the filing job. I
0: was like, <laughs> "Oh,
1: Ooh,
3: oh no."
1: Oh man. That was before HIPAA. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Um, and I worked at Roy Rogers and I worked in two department stores. So that was the four years. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Mm. That's awesome. That first one, I was like, oh, 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 don't mess with her. Don't mess with her. It was like, was like trust me. Yeah, thank me later.
3: Oh, my God. I had a brief stint as a deli girl at my local grocery store, which was oh, so cool. oh nice. Yeah, I, I knew it. all about the lunch meats. Like <laughs> that was my thing.
2: <laughs> Did you hate it when people came up with this like long order or they were like, oh, can I taste this? Can I? taste that and then they don't even know or, or, the worst was
3: always like the thickness of the how oh. to slice it where you would be like they want the black forest ham and you do the slice and they're like could it be a little thinner than that and it's like <laughs> and then you do the, then you'd show them and they're like no no just a little thicker actually than, than that than that and it's like okay <laughs> <laughs> it was always the thickness of the slices that drove me bad <laughs>
0: oh
3: that's Oof. crazy I, oh I man. that
0: was a nightmare oh. oh man this was so fun Allison thank you for joining us on this oh, thank today. you for the
3: opportunity this was fabulous it was so nice to see you ladies again yes it was a pleasure oh always, boy. That was always awesome
1: crab from
3: yeah Everything drink more crab from that's that's exactly. the message. <laughs> 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 so before you go tell everybody where they can follow you uh, I'm on Instagram at Cab Franc Chronicles. All one word, no punctuation. Pretty pretty simple.
0: <laughs> Got it. Got um, it. Any announcements, ladies, before we log off?
2: Leslie? Yes, I do. Okay. I just wanted to say next Wednesday? That Wednesday? The 7th is when we have our preview of the uh, Shades of Vino Wine Club. So we, we have some really uh, good ones there. So it's a virtual. It's free. Just go to our website and sign up and you get to see the wines that we're previewing. And we have games and some really good prizes. Is this virtual or in person? This one is um, virtual.
0: Oh,
2: okay. They're virtual. And it's the 7th at what time? 7 p.m. Seven, seven at seven. Seven at seven, seven. seven. Oh, I like that. I like that. I love it. it. Well, that's a wrap.
0: Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Thank Cheers. Thanks for joining this world suite. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, leave us five stars, and leave us a comment. We love ratings. Also, be sure to follow all of us on social media myself at Buy Me Up, Glen is at Vino Noir, Girl Meets Glass is Tanisha. Vino three hundred and one is Leslie, and you can follow the Swirl Suite podcast account at Swirl Suite. The Swirl Suite is now a part of the Alive Podcast Network. This episode has been edited and produced by Vime Up Media.